you have the American dream. You run your own business. But running a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Before I begin our interview with this week's successful Small Business Visioneer, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear an example why after several thousand downloads in just over a year, small business owners, CEOs, CFOs, partners, and general managers download the Small Business Celebration Podcast in record numbers on a weekly basis. We want to thank the tremendous content that our Visioner guests continue to provide this podcast, our sponsors, and you, Visioner Nation, who have subscribed to this podcast, internalized our guests' valuable insight, and because of it, are growing a strong and profitable business, and we thank you. Today, we are recording this interview at Your Office Solution here at 430 18th Street here in Bakersfield, 93301. If you're interested in a temporary business office solution for your small business, go ahead and contact Yvonne Ludwig at 661-695-6916. And our guest today is Patrick Holmes of Patrick Holmes Painting. Welcome to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Thank you, Michael. For those who don't know you, Vision Your Nation, tell us what it is that you do. I am a painting contractor, and we do custom repaints. We take care of commercial buildings, anything that has to do with paint. I have one crew that does that end of it, and then I also have a crew that does heavy equipment, like for Rain for Rent and others. For those of us who don't know, what is a repaint? Repaint is like your house. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come to your house, give you an estimate, tell you exactly what I'm going to do for you, Mm -hmm. come in and take care of it. You don't have to move any furniture We take care of all that. Wow. You just basically tell me if your pictures are going back up, if we're patching everything, and go from there. You also do businesses as well. Yes, I do. Very good. For heavy equipment, what kind of paintings involved with that? John Lake called me about a year and a half, two years ago. And who does John Lake represent? He's with Rain for Rent. He's the CEO, and he called me. I was in San Diego, Mm -hmm. and he called me, and he says, I need a little help. When John asks, you you come down and help. <laughs> so the heavy equipment, they have frack tanks that are 40 feet by, I don't know, 10 feet wide. Mm-hmm. We go on job site without blasting or anything and redo a tank on and, site. And first of all, what is a frack tank? Frack tank is anything for storage. You'll see them in oil fields, mm-hmm. stored all different kinds of water. Whenever there's a disaster, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. call rain for it. Okay. And they have portable pumps. All different kinds of systems for water moving in. Why is sandblasting these tanks such a bad thing? Our airboard is something else. You can get fined for almost anything. Mm-hmm. Basically, what I came up with was a technique where we do our grinding. And this is grinding old paint, yes. rust, etc.? That's one of John's famous lines is, rust is not a color. <laughs> so, uh, he hired me to, to do some consulting and... Not only that, my other crew of four men run up and down uh, California and all over the country. Wow. We just finished up with Greeley, Colorado. Mm. Monday, we're going to Long Beach. The next Monday, we're going to Oakley, California. Then we're headed to Midland, Texas. 
So when are you going to hurry up and do something? Yeah, I know. It's something <laughs> else. It's, you know, it's fun, though. It's, I love what we do. For those who don't know, why is hiring a painter such as yourself for a repaint better than going down to the hardware store and getting a bucket paint and doing it yourself? You know, I'm very good at painting. Mm. I'm not really good at anything else. Mm. I learned that a long time ago. If you're not that good at painting, and you, you can get into some trouble. Mm. And it's hard work uh, mm. to come into like your house and move all that furniture, cover everything to where you're not... If you're spraying acoustic ceilings, you're not overspraying stuff. Mm. Basically, I've got a real good relationship with my suppliers, Sherwin-Williams, mm-hmm. Dunn Edwards, Bakersfield Paint, mm-hmm. Equipment Paint up in Fresno, the Ponderosa. Mm-hmm. We get real good pricing, mm-hmm. and I pass that on to the client. It's a big job for somebody that's not really experienced at it. One of the things about this is you have two similar but very different aspects of your business. You've in a lot of ways, have diversified the basis of your business. Why is this kind of diversification significant and important to the long-term success of your business? Well, I got caught in uh, 2012. Mm -hmm. I wasn't diversified. I basically took care of Rain for Rent and let my repaints put on hold. Mm. Well, everything tanked in 2012. The, The economy tanked. Yes. Rain for Rent called me in. They said, hey, you're our guy. But we're not painting any more equipment for a while. Wow. That catches you off guard. Wow. Well, you've put the repaints on the back burner. Now you've got to fire that up. And that was the, one of the lessons that I learned. I was pretty well broke. In developing this diversification, was this something that you just fell into? Or was this the, something that you actively pursued from the very beginning? Uh, Michael, that's funny you asked that because with Rain for Rent, mm-hmm. this was years ago. I mean, we're talking 29 years ago. Wow. They called me. I turned them down three times. I said, look, I don't paint equipment. I'm a house painter. Right. Johnny Means, he was the shop foreman for the mechanic shop. His girls went to North High. I didn't know all this. And he says, he calls everybody boy. He says, boy, <laughs> come out and give me an estimate. After the third time, I went out and quoted him a price. Right. And I have been doing it ever since. Except for that five-year period. Except for five years. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Where you learned a very important and valuable lesson. I'll never forget that. When you got started in this, well, first of all, briefly tell us, how did you get started in the repainting business? My best friend in high school and all the way back through elementary was Tom Webster. Tom Webster was the grandson of Jack Webster. Mm -hmm. He had one of the best painting shops in town. He was well-known. To me, he was like John Wayne. He, like, raised both of us in the business and and family. He was like a grandfather to me, too. Mm -hmm. He took us in when we were juniors in high school, and we worked during the summers, and then whenever we weren't in school, we became painters. There's a significant difference between painting a house and doing a repaint. This is something that you learned very early on from Jack. Why is your business based around repaints and not painting the initial painting of a house? Jack told me a long time ago, he pulled me aside and he says, son, stay in the repaints. He goes, you'll always have a good business. Hmm. Why is that? There's always houses to paint. Mm -hmm. There's 
Uh, with HOAs, they won't let your house go look very bad, and then they'll come out and they'll write you a ticket, and they'll say, you've got to get painted. Wow. Now, on the other side of that, I, Jack always told me, stay in repaints. I never went with track work. Mm. Track homes, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I don't want to spray 24-7. Wow. I just, I, I like my lungs. When I, like, if I come give you an estimate, mm-hmm. I'm focused on you until that job's done. Mm-hmm. And we do a walk around and make sure everything's done. And then I go on to the next job. Mm. So actually, I'm fired after I get yours done. So I got to go out and hustle. Nice. So when you chose the field of repaints, and, or I should say it chose you, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. why did you, you had a lot of other options to do other kinds of work. You could have gone on to higher education. You could have gone on to do a lot of different other things. Why did you choose to stick with repaints? Painting is not necessarily a field that somebody right out of high school would find necessarily appealing. Well, I'll tell you what, there's, there's, I got two answers for that. My dad was always gone with Halliburton. Mm. My mom, I was just in probably fifth grade. She says, honey, if you'll come help me paint the eaves on the house, I'll buy you an aluminum baseball bat. Well, we were in baseball, right. and I was, I'm, I'm on it. <laughs> uh, the other reason was dad wanted me to work for Halliburton. His, my grandpa worked for Halliburton. He was right. high up. He knew Mr. Halliburton. My dad worked for Halliburton for 35 years. He wanted me to go in that field. Right. I, being maybe just from Oildale and a little bit of Henri, I messed up my driving record. Oh. So I could not drive truck. Ah. And so I just fell into the painting. I actually did a report when my junior or senior year about painting. Right. Because we're used to the heat in Bakersfield. We were young. We turned on our radio and just go to town. Right. And we put Jack Webster through a lot, me and Tom, but he made us he made us men and made us really good painters. Taking a step back and looking at diversification, you've had the opportunity with the success of your business to look at a variety of other kinds of painting that is out there. What other things have you looked at or have been offered to do for painting that you said no to? I'm looking at another venture. I actually took a class in L.A., mm-hmm. and it was a friend of mine is uh, Steve Holloway. He's a painting contractor in town, and he's big on the garage floors now. Oh. Well, I took a class down there in L.A., and I can make your floor look like a mural, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just gorgeous. I haven't committed to that yet because I've got my niche now, right? and I don't want to hire a bunch of people. Mm. If I was doing your job, you want to see me on the job. Mm-hmm. I have two excellent men that everybody loves them. They even give them bonuses. They ask me if it's okay, and I said, you don't need to do that, but they're, they're so good. My other crew, Arnold, Mike, David, and Charles, they travel, so I have to keep them happy because they're all over the place, and they've right. got families. Right. Don't know that I'll go into this venture but it's it's where you can make concrete look like um just like an ocean right i just i i'm not ready to pull the trigger on that it sounds to me that you're struggling with something that a lot of other business owners have and it's definition of who your business is and where it is that you want to go 
the struggle that you're going through is one that's indicative of a lot of business owners. Is this in alignment with your vision for your business? As you've gone through and you've developed your business, what do people say is your business? You can always go big, but that's not always, that wasn't for me. Mm. I like staying small. Mm-hmm. The people see me. When you got 20, 20, 30 guys, you're putting out fires all over town. Right. And I'm not saying that's bad. It's just not for me. I can't give you the attention you need if I've got 20 other jobs going. And if Vision Your Nation wanted to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, the best way is our, our number is 661-342-6938. Mm-hmm. And then we have patrickholmespainting.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm also with Home Advisor. So you go on there and uh, you can look up my name and what we're rated at. We got a high rating there and that's the best way to get hold of us. How do the top 10% of business owners generate so much success and wealth? I'm Tim McNeely from the Lifestone Companies, and I want to share with you four guidelines that will enable you to take better care of the people you love, support the causes you care about, and enable you to change the world. If you go to lifestoneco.com slash four things, that's lifestoneco.com slash four things, you'll be able to download this guide that shares with you the four success habits that will enable you to take better care of the people you love, support the causes you care about, and you to change the world. We're here with Patrick Holmes with Patrick Holmes Painting, and we're talking about the business development, and we're talking about the evolution of the business. And one of the things that we talked about is not putting all of your eggs in one basket and the importance of defining who you are. Your name is Patrick. That's correct. Not Pat. (laughs) I'll answer to anything, but I prefer Patrick. Why is that? That's what my mom always called me, and it's a good Irish name, and I prefer it. How do you feel when people call you by the wrong name? My youngest daughter does that just to get me. (laughs) (laughs) It's not dad, it's Pat. Uh But I give her some slack because she does my website, she does my billing. I don't mind it. Mm -hmm. It's just... Mom's passed away now, and she just loved for me to be called Patrick. It's Patrick Kelly Holmes. Right. It's my full name. When you talk to other clients and you talk to other people, why is calling them by the name they prefer so important? First of all, there's another story. Jack Webster always told me never call the women by their first names. Mm. You don't want any problems whatsoever. And so I, everybody's got a story. Right. What I do and what's important to me is I take the time to listen. And sometimes you can learn so much by not talking and just listening. Hmm. And you know what they want, how they want it. And if if we're not the right fit, I'll tell them, Mm -hmm. hey, this doesn't work for me. And a lot of that begins with their name. Yes. When you go through and you're introduced to somebody, for example, their name is Jeremiah. Why is it bad form to call them Jeremy? When you're meeting them and they tell you their name, that's what they're supposed to be called. Jack was John, but he went by Jack Webster. Like I said, I answer to Pat or Patrick. It's just, you can tell their preference. Like you, Mm -hmm. you like Michael, you don't like Mike. Right. And so I'm not going to call you Mike. Right. And we got that right out in the open, right off the get-go. It's also a sign of respect. Exactly. Exactly. 
and a handshake. Because ah. when I come and handshake, I got a heavy handshake, but I make eye contact. That's very important. Jack taught me that a long time ago. Why is that? used to be you could do a job by just a handshake, mm-hmm. but that's just an ex- you know, extension of you. It's very important to, even with the women, I, I shake their hand, and uh, not, not as hard as the men. But, <laughs> um, it, it makes them feel respected, and uh, people like that. One of the things that you do for your business is that you use the service home advisor. For a residential business, for repaints, why is using a service like Home Advisor, and there are a lot of other ones out there as well, but why do you particularly look to use those kinds of services to help your business? Getting back to that one story when uh, Rain for Rent, we quit painting. Mm-hmm. For five years, I moved to San Diego. Mm. I wasn't known. Nobody mm-hmm. knew me. Mm-hmm. So I went to Home Advisor. They seemed to be... It, they. There was Angie's List and Home Advisor, and then Home Advisor ended up buying Angie's List. Mm-hmm. I didn't like Angie's List because all they ever wanted was more money to right. advertise. And I'm, you know what? Hey, Home Advisor got my name out in Vista and the San Diego area. Because mm-hmm. in Bakersfield, I, I'm 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 not a big thing. I I'm but I'm known. Right. You know my name. Right. Uh, San Diego, they didn't care. Right. So Home Advisor really helped out. Why did you come back to Bakersfield? John Lake called and asked if I'd come back and. Help him get his uh, fleet back in order. Nice. nice. And uh, he says, you're going to consult for me. And he (laughs) said, you're going to run the crew. And it just so happened I was getting a little tired of San Diego. And I actually met back up with my soon-to-be wife. And it all worked out. When you met back up with her, this was during that five-year period when things weren't going so well. Correct. How did that seem to work out? Myself and Kelly, we, we have two stages of our life. We were dating before and then five-year break, and then we got back. And she was with me at, at the beginning. I was going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. My girl's mother had passed away. Um, she did pass away with cancer and everything. But Kelly was with me, and uh, I had just got embezzled by $30,000 from an accountant. Wow. My oldest daughter says, I'm getting married. I'm in Vegas, and it's not a small wedding. I had to come up with some money. Well, Rainfront tells me we're not painting anymore. I get embezzled for $30,000. i have got a wedding to pay f- some of the money for. I just meet Kelly, and I'm like, I'm broke. You need to. Uh, I'm probably not the guy for you, but that didn't matter to her. So, And I took it from there. We were in Vegas for the wedding. I got that all taken care of, and we go to that ATM, and I asked for 300 The machine would not give me 300 <laughs> It gave me 200 and that's all I had right. to my name. Uh-huh. And I got back to Bakersfield and got busy. And how did you do that? What was the process of getting busy? Just one job at a time. Mm. Dr. Pake was so nice. He has a, had a big house mm. in Stockdale Country Club, and then he had a beach house over in Channel Islands. And then... Bakersfield's small. Everybody's friends. Mm-hmm. The Anton Giovannis were a great client of mine. They would be talking, bring up my name at the country club. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what gets you work. Right. And how did, you said it was about reputation mm-hmm. and people who know you. How 
were the kindness or the helpfulness of these individuals that you had already built a relationship, how were you able to parlay that into future success for your business? Just friends. They've got friends, and you do it. See, that reputation, it goes both ways. You know, either they can talk good about you or bad about you. It's great advertisement if they love you, um, and it's, it spreads even faster when they don't. Right. Like I said, Bakersfield's small. I took it one job at a time and just kept building, and then I got back to where I was. Mm-hmm. But this time I'm diversified. I'm not going to be caught like that again. One of the traps with what success is, you've done this twice you succeeded, you failed, you, you're back up on the swing yes. and you're doing very well now. One of the things that often happens is a trap is that you try to put on a notion of humility and yet you still go out and you buy that really nice boat. Right. How do you reconcile that as a successful business owner on saying, you know what, I've earned it and yet at the same time, I'm not pushing it. How does that work? That's funny that you mentioned that because the word success, if like me and you talking, mm-hmm. I get a little embarrassed. I can talk about my business, but when you bring it towards me, I I'm still have a little trouble with that. Mm. I don't like to be showy. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was younger and I was chasing that dollar, I guess I was showy. Mm. I kind of regret that. You know, I hope and why I didn't. Is, why is that? Well, you, you don't have to go out and have the biggest and nicest truck and the Biggest four-wheel drive, and John Lake doesn't want to see me driving into rain for rent with a $40,000 pickup. Mm. I finally got to the point where I didn't have to apologize for what I owned because mm. I work hard, play hard, and I pay my bills. That's where I'm happiest. How do you convey your wealth now, or your success, I should say? I, you know what? That goes back to family. Mm-hmm. I've got my two girls. Kelly's got two girls that are my two girls, and just to see them grow. Mm-hmm. My youngest daughter may take over my business because she knows it. Family's most important thing to me. Right. And this painting mm-hmm. allows me to be with family. Hello, Visioneers! Your Supervision Year 2020 program has just launched, giving you the ability to influence the direction of the Small Business Celebration podcast and promote you and your company to the rest of Visioneer Nation at the same time. But only if you qualify as a Supervisioneer. 2020. Screenshot your five-star review of the Small Business Celebration podcast on iTunes, post it on social media, and type hashtag Small Business Celebration podcast, your name, and the name of your company, and you will have taken your first step in becoming a Small Business Celebration podcast Supervisioneer 2020. Learn more about becoming a Small Business Celebration podcast Supervisioneer 2020 by going to smallbusinesscelebration.com, click on the Supervisioneer 2020 tab, and get more details about promoting you and your company to the rest of Visioneer Nation. Screenshot your five-star review of the Small Business Celebration podcast on iTunes, post it to social media, type hashtag Small Business Celebration podcast, your name, the name of your company, and you will have taken your first step in becoming a Small Business Celebration podcast Supervisioneer 2020 today. We're here with Patrick Holmes with Patrick Holmes Painting. We're talking about what happens after you've succeeded, you've failed, and you succeeded again, and you maintain that success. You've mentioned that word of mouth is key. You've mentioned about using advisor services or referral services to grow your business. 
how do you keep that ball rolling? How do you keep that business growing and staying steady and being able to provide for your family and still grow to do, be able to do the things that you're interested in doing? You know, that's the hard part. Either some people say you got to go big and I like to stay small. I don't like to be idle because mm. you've had a couple other great podcasts and you can get bored. Mm-hmm. If I find myself getting bored or something, I'll go out and buy something. Mm-hmm. Then I'm in debt again. Mm. That makes me get up every morning and go to work. It's also my employees are like family mm. because if I don't have jobs, they're not working, they're not eating. That gets me out there, gets me. And I, I like to be good at what I do. We were talking about that fine line in defining your success. How is your approach with your employee family when you do have the employee that is looking and asking for a raise because you just bought yourself a brand new boat? (laughs) (laughs) How how do you approach that? First of all, like you were saying, sometimes you can't find a lot on me. I don't, I'm not out there a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't go out and barbecue with my, my crew. I don't go out and drink with my crew. I've got a separation there. So I try to keep my family stuff away from my employees. They do know I have a boat down there in Channel Islands mm-hmm. because we did a boat that was next to us. But I explained to them, hey, look, got a good deal on this. So I, I still I apologize a little bit for what I have. I, I don't have a, a, a lot but what I do have, I thoroughly enjoy. So that fine line, it's, it's, it's hard for me to explain. I don't want to come off braggadocious. Is that a mm-hmm. word? Right, right. I don't want to come off like that because right. I used to do that. Mm. When you're younger, you think you're the big show. Right. There's other guys out there that know more than you, and you're just on your way up. You did not learn this stuff by accident. You, you never stopped learning. And how did you go about continuing your personal education as you were developing your business and growing? I try to read. Mm. Um, there's articles out there. We have our painting. I forget what the magazine is. And, but I'll tell you, it, it was hard because Jack Webster was tough. Mm-hmm. He should have fired me and Tom a couple, three times. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you learn quick when you're a little bit afraid. Mm we were a little bit afraid of him. We respected the heck out of him, but we were a little bit afraid and that'll make you learn. And then every day you can learn something. I've painted with a lot of guys and I'll look at their technique and I'm like, that's not how I would do it, but it works for them. Right. You know, there's all different ways to doing it. There's videos, there's all kinds of the, the, now the floor, like if I pull the trigger on those custom concrete floors, right. That's buying a whole different bunch of equipment and stuff like that. I went to that class, and I was doing it with the owner. Mm-hmm. They like my technique better than the owner, the squeegee and, and mm-hmm. uh, the acrylics. And it was really fun. But I, like I said, I'm not sure I'm going to pull the trigger on that. But I, I just try to learn every day something. What is the number one reason why you stayed building your business versus being an employee? Jack was, from the very start, he was grooming me to take over. Right. And his grandson moved because it would have been me and Tom. Right. He was grooming from day one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you almost getting fired a couple, three times, and I got in a little bit of trouble. He held my job for me. Not everybody will do that. Right. 
he was grooming me for this, and I, I just had to make him proud. And Tom Webster told me, he says, you know, my grandpa's very proud of you. But Jack Webster always told me, this is on that other question. Don't ask me how much I make a, li- you know, a year. Right. I will tell you I'm keeping my lights on. And that's what Jack told me to say. Nice. So. You've been able to, because of your business, you've been able to do a lot of coaching. And we're not talking about coaching other, other business owners, employees, and that right. type, of, right. type of coaching. What kind of coaching are you able to do because of the success of your business? Well, I always knew that I was going to coach my daughters. Coach what? They played everything. Ah, sports. Yes, sports. I'm sorry. This started T-ball. First, they were in dance. Right. Then T-ball. And I was coaching from then on for 27 years. Even after I got done with my girls, I still coached at Standard Middle School with Adam Banducci for 14 years. Uh Moved up to North High, Kirk and Saul when he was still alive. He asked me to come coach. I got to coach two years with him. Nice. Now, that... That was the smaller gym at North High, and you talk about Friday nights. It's wild. Right. I'd almost get sick before the game. <laughs> Everybody would laugh at me, but as soon, my wife asked me if I was going to get nervous and almost get sick before our interview, and I was right. like, no, once I start talking, I'm okay. <laughs> but having my own business allowed me to do that, and that, uh-huh. that was the most important for my girls because they both became coaches. Really? Why was it important that you do that? Kids, you've got to keep them out of trouble. Coaching was the best way that I seen to do that. Not only that, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't all that good in sports. Mm-hmm. I quit baseball at freshman year at North High, and I should have never done that, but right. I was having too much fun. I thought I kind of needed to give back a little bit, and that's why I coached even after I was done with my girls. What have you learned from coaching your girls that you use to coaching your employees? It's the same. Really? It's like, oh, yeah, when they get down, you build them up you got a deadline say man if we can do this we'll there's a little extra here for you Mm -hmm. you got to get them motivated Mm. michael jordan Mm -hmm. you don't know how many times he missed the final shot all you remember is the times he had the game winners right that goes with failing you know it's not always bad to fail it teaches you a good lesson what are some of the techniques that you use to help empower and motivate your girls and your employees wanted my girls to be the best they could be Mm -hmm. I didn't discipline. My wife did that. (laughs) But they were good girls. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted them to excel. You know what? I never allowed them to quit. Mm. If they join soccer, they are going to play that full whatever the time was. And if they chose not to play it next year, that was fine. I made sure they followed through. And that's what I do with my employees. You know what? If you're here, I'm going to pay you a good wage. But we got to turn out a good product. What's one thing that Visioneer Nation can do today to grow a strong and profitable business? I'll tell you what. My work ethic is learn every day, work as hard as you can, play hard, because you got to have fun all the way through. This is some people go and they hate their jobs. Mm-hmm. It sounds funny, but I always love to paint. And if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Just keep learning. I'm going to be 59 February 12th, and I'm still learning. I'll learn something today. So The more you learn, the less you know. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Patrick, this has been a pleasure. Thank you very much for being on the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and I really appreciate the insight and wisdom that you've given to us. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. This was fun. How do the top 10% of business owners generate so much success and wealth? 
I'm Tim McNeely from the Lifestone Companies, and I want to share with you four guidelines that will enable you to take better care of the people you love, support the causes you care about, and enable you to change the world. If you go to lifestoneco.com slash four things, that's lifestoneco.com slash four things, you'll be able to download this guide that shares with you the four success habits that will enable you to take better care of the people you love, support the causes you care about, and you to change the world. Who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business leader who is a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Join the Visioneer Tribe at Small Business Celebration on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.